This episode is brought to you by The Great Courses Plus. For a free trial of unlimited access to the library, sign up using thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably. This episode is also brought to you by Startapod, an all-in-one resource for starting a podcast from the ground up. Our listeners who sign up will get a 50% discount off their first year of monthly or annual subscription by going to startapod.com slash probably. Probably science. So are you? So Matt, are you nervous about? Um, you say you've gotten engaged. Are you nervous about having having sex and stuff? Well, I've read some. I've read some pamphlets. Okay. Um. Whew. Yeah, that would that would be crazy to me. If especially in quarantine, there's no uh, I don't know fresh produce to practice on or something. Um, you know what? You can actually get stuff now from the farmers markets. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, a lot of a lot of restaurants and things like that have have pivoted. So, okay. you know, like there's a there's a Thai place near us where you can get a melon and the tools to hollow it out. And fair, fair, yeah. Wow. Okay. You know, there's or conversely, uh, eggplant, obviously. Exactly. There's the old summer squash. Yep. Sure. Sure. The old uh, the old dick emoji parmigiana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. we're you know we live in California. One of the big advantages we have is, you know, it's the it, it's the produce. Heart of America, absolutely. It's the capital. It, it's, are we? Are we in? Are we in the podcast yet? By the way, yeah, we're recording. I mean, is, okay, it, this is it. Yeah, is California? Um, are, do you guys know if there are any states in America that are actually self-sustainable? Uh, it's got to be just like Iowa, right? Like, well, there, no, nobody's compl- no, no, no man is an island, and that that goes for states as well, right? I mean. I just mean if they had to. If let's say, like, if a state had to just completely shut her down, the people there wouldn't like starve to death. I gotta believe California is as close as it gets as far as agricultural stuff. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. See, I would think like Idaho because there's like ten people live there, and then it's just potatoes, and they're like. But without the diversity of climate, what? How how diverse is their total produce expenditure? I don't know. I mean, they got all those uh, meat processing places where everyone's uh, getting sick now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Y- you know? I don't know. I don't know the m- most self-sufficient state. I know it's not here. Uh, we got, like, meth. But I would think I think California <laughs> California would be close. That's, that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah, I think California could survive by itself. Hmm. I mean, uh, Gavin Newsom has started using terminology like, what did he call us? Basically, sort of like uh, uh, secessionist uh, verbiage in when, right. when Trump when Trump was at his most anti-state. Also, it's crazy that like the right can pivot between whether they're all about states' rights or not about states' rights at all. It's, it's such well, a yeah. strange, yeah. flexible ideology. Yeah, I mean, I'm st- I'm starting to suspect they're a bit hypocritical over there. <laughs> I don't know. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, <laughs> I think maybe they might be. They might they might just think whatever's convenient. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not um, sure. Anyway, hey everyone, welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. <laughs> I'm Eddie Wood. And I'm just. Oh, sorry. No, do it. <laughs> no, Say I was it. gonna hop back into the old uh, uh, hot seat. I'm I'm Jesse Case. Yeah. It's, I, uh, it's a joy to finally, um, we can, given that we're all remote, it makes no difference where in the world we are. Absolutely. You, you might as well be sitting in the back 
yard of the house you and Andy used to share, which is now I don't know what is it now? Is it is oh, it it's a, a mega mansion? Dollar, yeah, I yeah, it's way nicer. It. It's way nicer. I, you know, it's weird. I've thought about this a lot. I've thought about what we would do if this pandemic hit and Andy and you and I were still living there with Brendan oh and Stu. God. Because, I've never like, thought about that until right now. I've never thought about yeah, that. I mean, it would be a nightmare. Like we would, like Stu would just—he'd be dead within like, like a week, like before <laughs> even. And and like I I I just I think about it a lot. I'm like, man, I am so lucky. It's the first time I felt grateful to just like not be in that house. You know, I I didn't even occur to me how how much of a nightmare world we'd be in and sharing that kitchen because I never cooked there because I just didn't want to have to interact with those weirdos. Oh, it's now the least have hygienic. We'd have to be I, cooking together. Oh, yeah, it'd be the least hygienic people on the planet. I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, I feel like the CDC would show up at the house. They'd be like, <laughs> "We've we've identified like a hot spot." <laughs> I don't know. It'd By the a- way, I just I just sent the link on Zillow to the new version of the house. If you want to have your mind blown, I feel like now that we don't live there, we can probably give out the address in the podcast so people are curious. Can we? Is that rude? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Does that? Is that oh my god! I know it says three point eight million dollars. What is it for sale again? Or no? It was no, it's just the estimated value. Yeah, I think it actually sold for that. But did they? I mean, actually, it does look gorgeous. Yeah, they built an wow. entire second story onto it, right? No, they built an entire. Look at the picture I sent, Matt. That that pool thing. There's now a giant. The main house is now next to the pool, where it used to be just Brendan's weird little like. Did they? Did they keep any of the original house. infrastructure, or did they just level the entire thing? No, the front. No, they I kept. They it's the same build, house. Yeah, it's the I same the house. Part is still a one-level ranch because they weren't even allowed to build a second story. Or else Man, look at that kitchen. Oh, my old, my old bedroom. That's crazy. Should we leave this? Is this? What do you guys think? Morally, is there? A that's insane. Wait, wow. Yes or no? Jesse? I, I, I don't know. I probably not, just because it's somebody's address or whatever. Yeah, but but our it's, this aren't is. Gonna, I don't know. Looking at my old bedroom is weird, I man. Know, it's very weird. Just if you want to get an idea, just go to Valley Village in Valley Village, Los Angeles, and on Zillow, and look up any three point six million dollar house, and you'll get a good idea of what this <laughs> this is place cr- is like now. This is crazy. I I'm just know, zo- I zooming know. through these. Just picture like. Picture naked, toothless stew wandering through one of these rooms at one oh my to God. Get his melted cheese midnight snack. I know, man. I know. I mean, even just the the stuff that I mean, the stuff that happened in that bedroom. Oh, uh, good God! Yeah. I mean, it's I, now. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just mean it's like it's crazy. They like built onto it, and they have no idea that just some guy like occasionally would like pee in a bottle and dump it out the window. <laughs> Like, I remember, uh, like, I, sometimes, sometimes I would, because <laughs> I didn't have an attached, I didn't have an attached bathroom, so sometimes I would just, like, pee in a Gatorade bottle and dump it out the window, and I remember Gus would, like, <laughs> Gus would bark at the splash sound, like, oh, in, the, no. in the middle of the night, <laughs> and I'm just like, now it's, like, $4 million. <laughs> yeah, now, like, Brett Ratner lives there or something, probably. It's this now a now- six, six-bedroom, eight-bath. Eight more more baths than bedrooms. Six bed, eight bath, six thousand square feet. Oh my god, man, that kitchen is nice though. Yeah, oh, I uh, thing. yeah, yeah, man. Oh, and they kept the chandeliers. They just repainted. I mean, it looks nice. It looks great. Yep. They have still kept the area that we used to podcast at is still mostly unchanged, except yeah. that yeah. that weird dead hot tub has gone. Oh, yeah, 
I'm surprised, yeah. It's just weird, like, looking at what the house could look like if the landlords gave a shit. Right. I, you oh, know I what think I mean? I'm looking at, yeah, I think I'm looking at my bed. Wait, where is this? Some of this stuff doesn't quite make sense. I can't place all these rooms. Oh, but yeah, there's a picture. I feel like let's at least include a picture of what the place we used to podcast now looks like, even if there's no address. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Okay. I'm going to do that. Oh, uh, yeah. They left that creepy door that went down to the basement we didn't know was there for three years. <laughs> is, that, oh, yeah. is that where you discovered all that stuff, like the memorabilia and the... That no. The garage. No, we just like, we had a basement for three years and had no idea. <laughs> Until it was somehow, like, until it was sometimes full of uh, water from those flash floods we'd had and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Man. Weird. Very weird. Yeah, it, like, looks like a mosque or something now. Yeah. If I send you this link, do you guys all see the same picture of the back area? Because I can also click on it. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll post that, that picture. On yeah. Time. Wow. That's crazy. Really? Um, wow. Well, hmm. <laughs> better times. Um, but I have, um, I know we got to get into some science, but I thought that this is a good time to get into some detail about Tony, my next door neighbor. Have I talked about him on the show yet? No. You are, you, are you happy to talk <laughs> about your current living situation? <laughs> Wait, is it? I, oh, man. maybe No, spill it, man. Spill no, it. No last name. Okay. I, I've seen how untech savvy he is. I have a new Brendan and Stu combo in the form of a <laughs> self-professed ninja who lives next door. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah, the first time he came over, he introduced himself, said he was a ninja, and he trains the military people from the the military people. What else do you call them? I don't know. From the base at Twenty Nine Palms, just like ten miles east here, they come over to his place and he trains them in like how to kill someone with two fingers or whatever. Um, oh, oh, like the military does. They're always sending people to some guy's apartment and like, uh, you know, <laughs> they're always <laughs> that classic yeah. mil- classic yeah. military training. Yeah. You know how the military doesn't like these days. It's a myth that they're just sending over unmanned drones and wiping out villages from 10,000 miles away. What they're actually doing is sending in one or two trained ninjas who can do that thing where you snap someone's neck without making a sound and then move exactly. on to the next I, just, I love the guy. I love the idea that the military is using, like, private trainers. Like, just, just go to this guy's house. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, wow. from the outside, his, his stuff looks well-maintained enough that I was like, it's possible this is very improbable but it's possible maybe he means like ex-military dudes maybe he's like a personal trainer he's like a wiry older gentleman seems like he could have been he's sort of tending towards like burgess meredith and rocky territory you could see him like okay someone to chase chickens around a train or something sure um and then he started railing about the uh inflated belt system and martial arts and how it's bullshit it's like pay to play if you you keep paying every month you'll get a new color belt until you're a black belt but it's all bullshit um, well, so, I've I've known some black belts. I mean, that in his defense, I've known some black belts where it's where I'm like, no way, like what? No, no fucking way. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying hey, <laughs> stop clock is right twice a day. I, I'm not saying Tony's not correct. Um, but then he also told me that. Um, so I asked if the neighborhood was relatively safe because you know the desert's kind of like weird mix of like hippies and tweakers and whatever. There's like petty crime and stuff. Yeah, and he said. Um, there used to be problems in the area, but like now that he's there, people know him and fear him. So it's safer because of, you said there were these two guys who were like, you know, doing a lot of burglary and stuff and, and trying to rob people. It's like, but they tried to, they tried to carjack me and you don't see the wrong man. He said, just like, you don't see him around here anymore. And like, whenever someone is like, 
alluding to, or, you know, trying to be like <laughs> coy about, it, I'll just act like totally guileless and be like, oh, what, what happened? Just keep yeah. asking that question until he has to tell you the actual thing. And he's like, oh, though, no, they're, they're up in those hills there. I'm like, oh, did they move there? He's like, no, no. I'm like, oh, are they dead? He said, yes. I'm like, oh, did you kill them? And he said, yes. <laughs> wow. Like, oh, tell, tell me what happened. So he said they tried to carjack him. Oh, there was one guy standing in front of his car, one at the side, both with guns pointed at him. So somehow he got out and then um, used turned the one guy's gun up to his own chin, made him shoot himself in the head with his own gun. Sure. And while that, while that body was somehow not suddenly 200 pounds of, of dead flesh that would drop to the ground, he still held that guy's gun in, you know, his hand over the guy's hand, so the trigger is still being held by the guy's, the dead guy's finger, and made him shoot his friend with that gun. So just like total Steven Seagal nonsense. Like he, he does like yeah, yeah. arm this arm bar thing to knock his own hand back to his head to shoot him with that, make the other guy get shot. So now that's a double homicide that looks like, I guess, a suicide murder. You know that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of, of, uh... Classic. Well, it's Wait, fast. It's the... fast thinking. When I'm getting carjacked, I, yeah. I like to. <laughs> looks like these two guys killed each other and then buried themselves in the hills. <laughs> Wait, that's why the hills thing didn't make sense. I'm like, so why? I'm like, there... then you buried him? I'm like, no, no. I'm like, so what happened? Did the cops come? I'm like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, what'd they say? He said, they just went. Just walk away, man. <laughs> they said, just walk away from this double homicide. Just walk away. We all know oh these my guys God. had it coming. Dude, that, I mean, that's literally the I think you should leave sketch where the guy make, <laughs> makes up that he makes up the uh, hit and run. And he's like, the cops said, don't worry about it. They're yeah. like, not important. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so crazy. And then he said, yeah, it's just me and... I may redact this, but I'll, I'll just use the real name for now. And I, I, just, I think they're so off the grid, there's no way this gets back to them. But um, when he introduced himself, he I'm Tony, and that Nancy and I live over there. So then as he's walking away, I'm like, okay, yeah, well, um, good to meet you. And Nancy, you said, was your wife? He's like, oh, no, no. Nancy Clancy? No, she's not my wife. No, no. I, I just take care of her. I'm like, what, what? Nancy Clancy? He's like, yeah. You know, you know Tom Clancy? I'm like, yeah, the author? He's like, yeah, yeah, she used to be married to him, and now I'm, uh, I'm, like, I'm paid, to, paid to take care of her, paid to watch her. It's a pretty good gig. I'm like, uh, this guy expects me to believe that the widow of one of the most successful authors of all time is living in his house with 11 pit bulls. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention 11 pit bulls. Well, is, is Tom Clancy dead? Oh, listen, I, of course I went straight to Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Of course Tom Clancy never married someone named Nancy because if your name is Clancy, you don't marry a Nancy. <laughs> He's never been married to a Nancy Clancy. Wow. And I don't know if I have to delete all that. Do I have to delete that or not? No, I mean, I, I just, uh, I, poor Nancy Clancy. Wow. Right, right. So Brutal. anyway, in the intervening 40 days that I've been out here, he keeps, we, we, we become buddies. Um, he also doesn't have a car, so I'll pick up like dog food for him and stuff. And um, he wasn't taking the virus seriously at first, but now he is. So I think he's leaving less. And I'm also, he's, he's very tech unsavvy. So uh, he had me come over in one of the first days to help him hang up this weight bag because I also I was fascinated. I wanted to see what this workout area was. And of course, it's like just, you know, like something out of Saw or Hostel. It's just like murder porn dungeon. Uh, like there's no way people come over and train with him. Um, but he also had me use his help him set up his new iPhone, which is like a used iPhone 4 or something. Um, and he's, his eyes are going, so he can't see that as he's flipping through things, everything I'm seeing is just the porn that he's into on his phone. Yeah. Like in, in Facebook, he's even managed to find, because he's trying to get my help setting up his Facebook. Um, but then he's, then he starts calling me and, and talking about his, his diabetes. And um, like I had to give him emergency arugula because his blood sugar was getting so high. And he, he gave me the number. He said, yeah, it's 
it's at 500. I'm like, I don't know what that means. What are the units of this thing? And I Googled it. And if you're at 500, whatever it is, you should be in a coma. I'm like, well, dude, here, I've got some uh, spinach or arugula if you want, because he needed some kind of green food. I don't know what he he and Nancy Clancy are usually eating over there. But uh, like these days, it mostly comes from me. And he's got a good heart. Aside from a double murder, which I don't probably, either get next to a murderer or a liar. I'm thinking it's a liar or an embellisher sure. of stories. Sure. But he also doesn't know that like I I'm not buddy enough with him to be like um, jabbing each other, like giving each other shit. So like he'll come back from a bus ride to Walmart, and I guess he will have driven by me while I was on a run on the road. He's like, "Hey man, so you're running? You're really slow." I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I'm recovering from back surgery." He's like. I'm messing with you. I'm like, I don't know you. Well, I don't. <laughs> it seems like you would just be telling me I'm running slow. Um, but wow. yeah, he wants to take me out. He's got lots of guns. He wants to take me out shooting. He's going to show me how to do all this tactical shooting. Um, and I guess I'll include, I'll include his, in this episode right here, his voicemail to me where he invites me to go shooting. Cause I've, I've, I've sent it to people and they're like, Oh, Andy, you're going to die by this man's hand. Like he is not going to let you live. Andy, let's go bust some rounds out. You want to go bust some rounds? I sure had to shoot. Give me a call back. Do you have any 9mm rounds? If you don't have a little bit, I can show you some things. And after I show you, you're going to get some. You know why? Because you're going to say, fuck, this is fun. This is cool. Watch. Watch, I'll show you. I'm a good shooter. I don't brag. I'll just show you. How is that? In the call. But um, he means well. So that's wow. The first, the first chapter of the Tony saga. I'm sure there's more to come. Wow. Yeah. My. I've. I've. Uh, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. I've, I have very um, weird. Uh, I've had a very weird neighbor situation um, here in my. I mean, I'm. I'm moving soon. And, um, this thing happened here where like, I, uh, so I, I have neighbors, uh, from, uh, Beijing, you know, mm-hmm. and they don't go out. And when they do, they're in the, you know, full masks and stuff like that. But I've noticed I haven't, they have a dog and I haven't seen them out. Um, and I've thought like my stupid white guy, liberal brain, I'm like, I bet they're really scared, you know, cause of uh-huh. all the stereotypes going around. So, I, uh, I, I left this little thing on the doormat that was like just this little sort of, Hey, I'm moving soon. Thanks for being cool neighbors, uh, thing. And they don't speak English, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, thanks for being cool neighbors. Uh, and it was like just some dog treats for their dog and like, um, some seeds cause the lady's gardening a lot and what it was just some little stuff. Right. And I was, and then I was like, eh, aren't I a great person it, mm-hmm. not not being racist at all you know i'm the best and uh and then i got a text because I, I like left my number i was like if you need anything you know let me know i got your back whatever and i got a text first of all they totally speak english you know <laughs> um and, and she's like uh she's like hey thanks a lot and then and she's like we left a thank you thing on your door and i open it up and it's like literal just like ground up like rhino dick like the weirdest <laughs> chinese medicine <laughs> like she's like it helps with the immune system and i'm like ah oh, fuck man like 
It's like a, like a, you know, a literal like pangolin, like a dead pangolin is on my doorstep. I'm just like, this is horrible. Um, so now, now I'm like, don't really know what to do. Um, cause I got, I got stuck in this like weird zone of like wanting to feel good about myself. But at the same time, like, I'm like, yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty, uh, uh I don't know what's going on over there. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty rough. Yeah. I don't know. It's very awkward. We, pa- we like, kind of pass in the hall. I don't know. I don't know. Matt, where are you living? What's going on? What are you doing? I'm still, uh, my, my, uh, neighbors are disappointingly normal. We're, uh, I'm in a, I'm in a fourplex. Is that what you call it? Sure. There's four apartments in, on two levels with a sharing wall and a sharing floor. Except our downstairs neighbors moved out. So right now we've got, we can make, we can jump around. Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty good. It's pretty good to be able to jump around during lockdown. Yep. Ne- next door and us share a balcony, which is normally good, but now it's kind of weird because we sort of can't both use the balcony without disinfecting everything. Otherwise, we're ending up in the same oh, right. quarantine pod or whatever it is you call it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, huh. And then uh, and then downstairs, there is uh, a an entire family in the downstairs across from us apartment. Oh, wow. Yeah, my my upstairs guy is brutal, like just brutal. I, I, you know, I've never heard and I've lived here a while and it's just so it's just this guy. And it's weird, too, because like I've seen him. He's not huge. I don't know how he's making that much noise. I don't know how he manages that amount of like stomping. It's like he hops. It's like he hops around his apartment or something to get more gravity. Um, It's the loudest. And also, like, I don't know if you guys have noticed this with like the quarantining are you guys just becoming more sort of sensitive? Like the way people like after they're done with the Appalachian trail, cause there's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's like no stimulus. There's very yeah, little stimulus. Yeah. So, so now stuff's like super loud. Um, I don't know if I do. I don't know if I do notice that, but it is really noticeable when anything's on the street outside anything. Cause there's so little traffic now. That's weird. You could just walk through the middle of LA and there are, yeah. aren't cars. Yeah. No, it's it's eerie, man. It's eerie. Do you guys, you know, do you feel like people are still having like small scale get togethers on the down low pretty often? Or is that is that rare, do you think? Or do you see it or signs of it? Or Oh, they, they I, definitely are. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I do. There was a full blown party across the street from me recently. Yeah. Our um. so I slept through this, but two nights ago, Holly was kept awake. Apparently, I'm a much heavier sleeper than her, but by some teenager slash 20 somethings a group of five or so of them just getting drunk on our stoop and then she sort of had to go out the lean out the window and tell them to move on and they just moved sort of one house further down <laughs> right so right. the next morning there were brothels sort of empty bo- beer bottles strewn around the place and like it's uh, yeah and you're, you're like on the one hand it's fucking annoying but on the other hand you don't want to be that person who calls the police on a group of teenagers and gets someone shot so you just sort of go uh mm. Uh, so yeah, that, but, that's what we. There are definitely people still meeting up yeah. and drinking, and I've heard people way, still dating. Right, I'm sure. What do you? Um, what, wait, you and Holly have broken up though, right? For the quarantine. Oh yeah, yeah. We've we've we're doing we're doing it properly. Okay, good. Yeah, good, we're. Good. Uh, you know, we fully intend to get back together again once this thing's done. But right now, we're following government advice, and we are staying at six feet apart at all times. You have to. You sure, have yeah. to. Very um, important. It's it's kind of tricky because obviously, you know, we share a one bedroom apartment with a 
just a living room and no office. So the we're, we're actually kind of lucky in that the kitchen kind of has two entrances to it. So she can enter the kitchen from the living room. I can go down the corridor and we can kind of rotate and we never actually have to meet. Have, yeah. Have you thought about doing something where each one of you sort of wears like a cowbell or something like so you can know... <laughs> Oh, no, we've actually been doing that for years, so... Okay, I figured. No, I figured. I figured. Okay, So that's actually a big advantage. Yeah. All right, well, I'm happy for you, man. Thanks. Yeah. You know, we just, just, you know, everyone has to muck in. Yeah. Right, right. By the way, I just texted... Are you guys looking at your phones? Because I just texted you a screen grab of one of my favorite text conversations with Tony, because he exclusively uses speech to text because his eyes are going because of the, the diabetes, and... um. I, I, I guess I'll post I'll post this screen grab on our, in our show notes. Can you guys see that? Wow. <laughs> you just wrote, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, I, read what's before it. <laughs> I haven't, it hasn't come through for me yet for some reason. He wrote, again, this speech to text. I don't know. Let's see if you can figure out what it's supposed to be. Do you have a needle to pump up the airbag like my ski bag in my jewelry bag? I have a pump that you need to broke because I texted Jody bag. I took it down and turned up the boat. I fixed the boat so I don't fall down them on... And I just wrote, I don't understand. <laughs> and then he wrote back, you're a little I'm talking about. Do you have the balls or the bags? Hold on. Do you... <laughs> um, do you... Okay. Do you have do you have a needle to pump up the airbag like my ski bag and my jewelry bag? I have a pump that you need to broke because I texted Jody bag. I took it down and turned up the boat. I fixed the boat so I don't fall down them on. It's uh oh my god. That word salad. <laughs> like um <laughs> Wow. Um, it's like a found poem. Exactly. Very uh yeah. It's like where where there's the guy with the typewriter in the park. And you pay him, you pay him like $5 and he writes you a poem. Um, Wow. I remembered some other beats of the story now, including that I I did drive him down to Walmart one day because he had to cash a check, but then got there and realized he didn't have his ID. And I'm like, dude, how did you, this is like, you got the ride. You didn't have to walk five miles. Um, And then the next day he calls me again because he got the check, but then he still couldn't, uh, I guess he has no credit card and he has all these past due utility bills. So he just brought over like a pretty hefty wad of cash and asked because I have a credit card if I could go online and pay these utility bills. Um, so first of all, this is like early on in the quarantine. I'm like, I don't want your money because I, then I don't want to touch this. So I just put like his $700 in cash in this drawer that I didn't touch for two weeks, hoping that the if it was contaminated, it got clean. Like I yeah. self-laundered the money. But then I went online and this is like the third act of Big Fish moment and saw that sure enough, the utility bill is under the name Nancy Clancy. <laughs> well so I, there's, I, there's glimmers of truth to all these stories i think i hope you take that 700 dollars and and buy the jody bag like the jewelry bag <laughs> because you're gonna want that jody bag needle sure uh, i i drowned them on it or whatever he said yeah yeah <laughs> again i'll post if you click on the show notes i'll, I'll just post on imager or something the a screen grab of this text comment. wow there's no way wow. this gets back to him right there's no way no no, no okay. it's fine. It's just a potential murderer. Just talk about him. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> just a guy that may have buried some guys in the hills. Just do it. Oh, just talk about it. He's very excited. Like I, when I've sent people the voicemail where he talks about taking me shooting, he does seem very excited to do it in a in a in like a childlike um, gleeful way, not like a murdery gleeful way. I think so. We'll see. 
Oh, I, I, I finally got the text through, the image that you sent earlier. It's great, right? I texted Jody Bag. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't mean to make this all about uh, Tony, but he's there's more to no, come, I mean, I'm sure. Well, what do you want to talk about? There are some space stories. The, the LIGO yes. experiment's been discovering some new stuff. Okay. That's all exciting. Remember the LIGO guys that we talked to ages ago yeah. when Jesse was still a co-host of the show? Yep, yep. They've been doing some new stuff. They've discovered the first, uh, Justin Broad sent this in, the first um, discovery of gravitational waves from a blo- binary black hole merger. Um, the first binary black hole merger with clear evidence for unequal mass components. So a big hole falling into a little hole, or a little hole falling into a big oh, hole. Yeah, which is, isn't that adorable? Yeah, Buddy oh, comedy. Nice, of, of yeah. I'll put that in the show note. There you go. Um, you can get all of that. Um, nice. I wonder that's... if that makes the is the, is it is it um, I'm trying to like guess what what how the vibration would be different if it would be like um, have like a wow or flutter ish. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't have the audio to link to in this article, but oh, hang on. Wait a second. Wait a second. Maybe it does. Um, oh yeah, there is there is the audio here. I can't play it because I'm using my headphones plugged into my computer. I don't know if you're able to. But audio files simulating the waveform. It's at the bottom of this article. Yeah, I'm... I think I can't make it be heard right now, but we can link to... Oh, I mean, it's oh, there similar. <laughs> there you go. Unless that was Jesse with a slide whistle while you were trying to find the No, link. no, love it. <laughs> sweet I don't know if that would have picked up uh, we'll see if that picks up in the recording or not but whatever we'll link to it I think it will because I just heard it in my ears through my headphones and we're not we're not in the same room that's true I'm that's uh, cool I'm I'm over in LA living next door to Bisham Grisham and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go yeah yeah uh, um 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 <laughs> And Mudlum Ludlum, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Heighton Clyde Crichton. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Junes Coons. <laughs> yep. I'm next to a uh, Layman Gaiman, and he's just sort of a <laughs> like weird sort of sci-fi stories, but in very simple language. Um. Huh. Is that the entirety of the airport novelists? Are there any more? <laughs> Oh wait, um, Beckeray Lecaray, maybe. Yep. And uh, Patterson Patterson. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, classic. The classic. Who's the dial M for, or the person who's always like this letter for this thing? Female author. Oh. E is for extravagant. (laughs) F is for fundamentalist (laughs) or whatever. The murder mystery. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. It's been um been probably like seven years since i've uh like just read anything like just even like in fiction. like even a text like i just don't read any <laughs> i've forgotten how to read actually that has that has changed for me during quarantine is like i can't follow narrative things like i can't turn off the noise in the back of my head that's stressed about the world enough to like really pay attention to things so i'm just watching like music videos and and sitcoms i've already seen yeah i think that's uh I think that's common. I think that's a common shock 
trauma, craziness, life change thing, you know? Yeah. I think it, like, I think it fades. I think eventually we'll kind of get used to, uh, get used to it. I don't know. I mean, well, we will for better or worse, but I think you have to. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you just, it'll just happen. You'll just get used to it. Um, but it's a weird thing to get used to. It's totally. really weird. Do you guys have I, any I, bets about the? Do you have any bets on the first time that you'll be in, like, let's say, a restaurant or something? Uh, no. I mean, for me, it's like I'm I'm not just I'm not until until like some therapeutics at least. Um, yeah. I just it's like I can't I can't screw with it, man. I can't do it. Not worth it. Well, well as, yeah. I was going to say so. Like, Jesse, do you still have? Because you're not on chemotherapy anymore. But... No, but I am like, you know, it, it would be bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I have some immune stuff. Like my lymphatic system is uh, missing some, missing a few of the old nodes there. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm not sure how good my antibody production would be. Um, and it's just, I don't know, there's just too much we don't know right now. But it's also one of those things where it's like, you can't, I mean, you can't just live inside forever or so, like, I mean. Right, right. There, there's not going to be a vaccine for years if there is one. Um, I don't know why they keep floating this 12 to 18 month thing. Yeah, it's not a guarantee it'll just show up in 12 to 18 months at all. It's... No, there's never been a vaccine for a coronavirus ever. And... We've never made a vaccine for a novel virus in under four years ever. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't and know that. and when HIV first came out, the head of HHS also came out and said it'll be twelve to eighteen months. We'll have a vaccine. So, oh. so like I'm waiting on therapeutics. Like when they find something where it's like this keeps you off a ventilator. Where if you get it, then it's like a shitty cold for three days instead of you could die. Then it's like okay, I can I can deal with that. You right. know. I think that's the thing is like getting a treatment Um, because relying on a vaccine is like no one will ever go outside again. That's insane. Yeah, Yeah, it can't. I mean, uh, and also I just wonder how long until we we just start to like decide about risk risk groups. And, you know, if you're if we know enough about the specifics of who are most vulnerable, like if you fall into all these categories, then stay home. And if you don't, you know, you're taking a chance, but come back out. Yeah, we we don't. I mean, we don't know the genetic markers yet. Yeah. Um or any of that. I I think that like I mean, eventually herd immunity would happen. It would just mil- millions of people would die. Just so Right. But, Maybe it's know. all in, luckily the mayor of Vegas has decided she loves the scientific method and wants to be uh, an <laughs> she, experimental yeah. group. She's the control group. <laughs> um Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> And it's the first time I hope that they all stay in Vegas. I hope what happens in Vegas stays and don't leave. <laughs> stay in Vegas. Dear God. Um, I mean, there is there is no city more disgusting than Vegas. And so, like, no, no city that is more primed to convey infection. Yeah. Well, and I also don't understand why, like, tourist towns are trying to reopen like their economy is going to be saved anyway. Like, Nashville is fucked all these all these people are like we got to get the bars open again and it's like dude there there's not going to be any bachelorette parties 
Yeah, everyone thinks Trump saying something suddenly makes the country be quote unquote open. It's like, no, if individuals decide to stay home, they just decide to stay home. No, but even if they decide not to stay home, they're not going to go take a week to go to Vegas. They're going to like hang locally. You know, they might they might start going out again, but nobody's going to go for a a bachelor week in Vegas. That's absurd. I mean, some people will, but whatever. It's not enough. It's not going to be just like go to. Yeah, I'm just thinking. But a month and a half ago, I did. I was did a week of shows in Vegas, and I I think that might be the last time I do that for a couple of years. I can't imagine going oh, to Vegas, man. staying there for a week, and doing shows, living in the casino, going down to the comedy club, playing there, and she's like it's walking. Yeah, but the then who's floor. who's going to go to the show? That's I mean, what I mean. It's just like yeah. I, can't, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where it, it could, if enough people get it, it could mutate out like 1918. I mean, they, they mutate weaker sometimes because it's it's not in a virus's best interest to kill people, you know? Or at least um, not so fast that it can't transmit it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's a, that's a good point. So who knows? I mean, I, I we just, we don't know what we don't know, but I think right. that. I think either way, I, I guess either way, I think in like three years, stuff will be a bit better. It's just going to be three because years of science. a long time, though. <laughs> I, oh, absolutely. But it's like, it's either going to be because of scientific advance or because of, uh, you know, mass contagion. <laughs> so either way, uh, it'll be all right. It's just going to, you know. By, by, by a, you know, strict and strange definition of all right. Right. Well, but it's not something where, like, us being sick of it doesn't matter. Right. That's true. You know? I mean, we can't, like, we, like, I can't call the virus and be like, man, come on. (laughs) 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 Come on, man. Jesus. What are you, what are you? Lighten up. (laughs) Fucking chill out. Just go up. Just look that back, that virus straight in the eyes and say, you've got to stop. No. We got to stop. Well, it's like, that's the thing is like, they're, like all this talk about reopening is just because people are like sick of it, but it has nothing to do with anything other than how they feel. And it's like, well, that's it. That's enough. That's, <laughs> that's enough. Well, of <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, it could be if someone finally reaches a breaking point where the cost as far as enjoyment of life has gotten so high that they don't mind the risk of death they incur. And well, I mean, but it's about also risking other people's lives. But no, it's crazy that we we have so many people in politics who are pretending like there's never a situation where you can put a dollar value on a life because, as other smarter people have said better than I will, we do that every day. With all the choices we make, we implicitly give a value to a life because there are things we could be doing that would save tons of lives, like driving 10 miles an hour. And we've just decided, like, no, it's worth the convenience of getting to places to have, you know, 100,000 vehicle deaths a year or whatever. Right. I I I agree. I also think that y- you know, if if that sort of thing is going to be involved and and yes, I totally agree that like we constantly are doing risk assessment with, you know, death with and yeah. and yeah, for to keep a society functioning like uh, totally. But I also think that they gave 2 trillion dollars to fucking cruise lines no one are going to use anyway. And so they sort of did this thing where they like they sort of sent everybody uh, a comical, a comically low amount of money 
right. and then they're like then they're like well we have to open up now and it's like it's like wait you, why didn't you just fucking give us <laughs> no we don't you you those only... are the two options well but it's like you cause it's like you didn't give us enough money and now you're telling us we have to open and they're blaming it on us being okay instead of like we get we spent all your money right like i'm i'm not trying to go all full like uh guillotine twitter or whatever but it is like pretty fucking dumb that they <laughs> like they bailed out no one's going to take a cruise anyway that's ridiculous and then was there, I don't actually know the numbers there was a huge cruise industry bailout yeah yeah i, I mean the, about that. they they set aside uh 500 billion dollars for small businesses but their definition of small business was like 500 employees or under so not a small business uh-huh. you know and then they bailed out the corporations with tons like trillions of dollars uh so then everyone basically gets their little $1200 check but way weaker economies like in Canada you get 2 grand a month every month and that's Wait, what they're saying what? yeah that's what really? they're doing. Yeah. And they, they have way less of a budget than America. It's like the money was there. They just gave it all to their friends. And right. then, and, and now they're like, well, we have to open up or you'll starve to death. And it's like, why didn't you give us more money? You fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, obviously we have to open back up because no one has any money, but like you did all that. So I don't, I don't know. It's very weird to me. Yeah, um, I don't know what this. I have. Uh, this is one of those like times where you have to, or you don't have to. But I get so worked up because I think if I just dwell on it long enough, I'll come up with a solution. It's like, of course I won't. I can just stop thinking about it. It's not a thing I can solve. Therefore, I can just let it be what it is for now, which is an awful situation. You know what's? You know what's weird? Um, when I was eighteen, I was uh, really, really. I used to smoke a ton of pot, and I was really high, and uh, I was eating nachos and my high stoned brain was like the like nachos are these nachos are great like this is going to be big <laughs> like nachos like this nachos. is going to be big this is going to be big one day um and i bought 20 dollars of stock in velveeta <laughs> like velveeta cheese like while i was high i like went online and bought 20 dollars of stock um and i i keep having this like recurring fantasy that the vaccine will involve velveeta and i'll just <laughs> And, and I'll just like buy a helicopter. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I really are they exploring this option? Are they exploring Velveeta as a possible <laughs> cure? Because uh, that'd be pretty sweet. Like somehow you, how do, how does that guy keep sneaking into our press conference? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, case, will you stop asking the president about Velveeta? Yeah, different different top hats and mustaches. <laughs> have have we considered Velveeta? <laughs> Just change the monocle from right eye to left eye, and now you're a different guy. Who's absolutely? The... Yeah, you know you know who is contributing though. Hey, who's that? Surprising way, NASA. Go on. NASA engineers at JPL have designed, built, and shipped a new ventilator in 37 days. Well, that's very cool. Yeah, a team of dozens of NASA engineers at Southern California's Jet Propulsion Laboratory have designed, built, and shipped, as I said, a prototype of a new ventilator specially designed for COVID-19 patients in just 37 days. That's a story um, Mike Brown sent in. Yeah, thank you, Mike. It's a high-pressure ventilator that does not entirely replace existing ventilators, which have a wider range of applications, but will be useful for many COVID-19 patients and would be able to free up traditional ventilators for those with the most severe symptoms. And it is worth pointing out, though, this ventilator only works in space. 
That's true. Well, that's that's the thing, though, right? Is like that's cool of NASA, but frankly, if NASA couldn't figure out how to deliver oxygen to someone, I'd be very worried. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if NASA's like, oh, we got nothing. We can't. We can't do this. Um, huh. I haven't spent any time like looking into what makes ventilators so complicated because you know when you just hear the term, you think it's just a glorified CPAP machine. It's just pushing yeah. some air in your lungs, but I, I don't exactly doubt it's what, very. Um, Elon Musk apparently thought because he sent right. to the hospital a bunch of glorified CPAP machines, which are yeah. not sufficiently powerful to actually ventilate lungs, but are good enough to aerosolize the virus all around the hospital room mm. that someone's using. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Elon. Elon. Well, like, well, you know those uh, Ambu bags? You've seen those? Like, you know, in every, like, ER show or whatever, oh, like, like someone, someone gets shot, they're in the back of the ambulance, it's like that thing, someone's hand pumping yeah. over someone's mouth. Just basically to do CPR without using your lungs, sort of, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's an Ambu bag, and a ventilator is essentially uh, an Ambu bag that, like, just has a weird clamp that pumps it itself. I, I, there must be more to it. Otherwise, it'd be so simple to make. It's just pressurized air. It must have like a feedback loop to make sure it's doing the exact right, you know, rate of flow and absolutely. Of like, yeah, fact, yeah. But we, I, we must have listeners who know about that. If you're a listener who has worked with a ventilator and know what makes them so complicated, write in uh, and send us a detailed email about that. I know for but, a fact that my my friend Helen, who listens to this show, who is an anesthetist uses ventilators all the time she's like they're yeah. the people who put them in and stand next to them and make sure they don't die i'd love but to I... hear more about what makes them what makes them tick then yeah what's what so yeah helen or anyone else who's listening who works with ventilators what why can't i make one with like a bike pump and a, <laughs> why, why can't i make one with like a bagpipe and a snorkel right right yeah the bagpipe, bagpipe could feed eight could keep eight people alive at once too right right yeah and, it's anno- ri- and annoy anyone who's trying to get to sleep above sure. them. It's ridiculous how, like, we've had a science podcast for literally years, and we still, and I'm, I mean, I've noticed this about myself, too, is like, and we're still just, like, arrogant about science stuff. We're like, that's got to be easy. I, I don't know what they, these people are. <laughs> that seems seems pretty simple. Here's what you got to do, scientists. <laughs> get yourself... A bladder of some sort from anywhere. Could be a human bladder, could be a pig bladder, could be an artificial bladder. And then just bounce up on top of it with a tube down their throat. Done. Yeah, because, I mean, when I hear about a ventilator, I'm like, there's no fucking way. That's It's not that complicated. It's, there's no way. It doesn't and, seem and, like it. But then it's like, w- have we literally learned nothing from doing this podcast? That, like, everything's very difficult? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you, you know one way to make learning easier... What's that, Matt? Uh, what is that, Matt? Um, it you could subscribe to the Great Courses Plus for free. In fact, right now, using the offer because they're kind enough to sponsor our show. It is a well. There's probably no link. There's probably no word you could type in or something oh. after after a slash. Mark. Oh, Jesse, that's where you're wrong. Going to uh, thegreatcoursesplus.com/slash/probably, and that'll open up a world, a world of lectures on every subject known to man and some as yet unknown so let me mm. let me get this let me get this straight for a mere fifty dollars a month you no, can get media but, mediocre courses no no that's where you're wrong F- initially for free for zero dollars a month you can get top class great if you will courses oh. if you will uh taught by actual college professors these are university level courses in any subject you wish to choose and uh that's 
yeah, the, the lecturers would... have been chosen for their skill sort of communication and knowledge of their subjects. We've, we've had it for a while now. We love these sponsors. Uh, Andy yeah, we... just finished a course on beer. That's, That's a pretty right. fun one. We we talked about a lot of their science courses like astrophysics and and um, infectious disease. Uh, but I've started digging into the more hobby ones. I don't know if you've done that, Matt. I, I'm actually going weirder. I was just about to. There's one on secret societies. Oh yeah, oh, that's cool. That I uh, that I'm about to start. But which, what are your hobby ones that you've been doing, Andy? Well, I was just curious what level the guitar one was, and um, yeah, I forgot what the actual name of this one is. It is. Um, it's just learning to play guitar. But um, I started with, on... With your professor, Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> I went straight to lesson five on fingerstyle guitar, because that's what I started off with. And I was curious if the guy knew his stuff. But sure enough, he's talking John Fahey, Leo Kaki early on. And um, it's been a good refresher. And uh, like I realized, I, even though I think I'm a pretty decent guitarist, like there's tons of fingerstyle techniques that I didn't know or have gotten rusty on so that's been fun i want to get into i, I saw that there is a, there are some magic trick one, old magic rusty ones. fingers andy wood <laughs> sorry that's what, what did you say, did you say I, want, I want to do the, the i want to do the magic trick one i forgot i haven't actually looked it up yet but there's a course where you can learn magic and i think that'd be a fun thing to come out of coronavirus with just one good party trick you know uh, <laughs> illusions andy yeah. illusions I'm sorry illusions uh let's see what that one is but yeah, uh, ma- math and magic. Discover uh, the magic of math in these twelve entertaining lessons taught by math magician Art Benjamin. Oh yeah, no, that's all speed calculation. I, I've done a bit of that one. Turns out, despite having a degree in mathematics, pretty bad at it. But I'm guessing better yeah. thanks to Art. Wow. So, yeah. uh, but basically, any subject you're interested in, and you've got time in your hands, perhaps right now. Yeah. So, so once again, that is thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably. This episode is also brought to you by a new sponsor called Startapod. Obviously, we started our own podcast eight years ago now and, and knew nothing. And if only there was some resource, while. some some web-based series of courses for a very low subscription rate that you could use to help learn how to start a podcast of your own. If you're stuck at home, you want to broadcast your ideas to the world. Yeah, this is a great uh, all-in-one place to go watch in-depth video courses, uh, get this discounted hosting, easy to purchase gear, an exclusive pathway with access to potential ad revenue, uh, and you can cancel at any time. So if you've just been curious yeah. about what goes into starting a podcast, it's a very like low-risk situation to go start seeing all of the things in one place that this that this medium. Yeah, they entails. have advice on. Uh, hardware on software and what i really like advice on advertising and trying to market your podcast so that's something that is really hard to find online and these people these guys have worked on the other side of the table on the advertising business for podcasts so they've got the inside scoop and can help you do that but yeah starter pod starter pod is our new sponsor and anyone who's at home just wanted to start their own podcast give it a crack we've got to yeah, deal get- with those guys right yeah, you got 50% off your first year or uh, the first year of your monthly or annual subscription if you go to startapod.com slash probably. So yeah, if you've been curious about this, it's a great place to just go see what, what's involved. Huh. So if you want to uh, – so this is, a, this is a website for people to um, – you get paid to make a movie? You make a movie <laughs> if you want to – what's happening? Yes. Oh, Jesse was gone for, for half of this ad read, so now we will also pitch you on the concept of Startapod. It's an all-in-one resource to go find out about all that it takes to start your own podcast and to monetize it eventually, which is not to imply that that is a thing that will happen quickly or anything. It's just if you want all the information about all aspects of this business, it's great to have this one resource 
And you know, maybe you watch all these videos and you realize this is not the thing that I wanted to get into, and that's and that's fine. You've just you know spent a tiny bit of money and some time and become smarter about a subject. Um, but you may find this is a thing that's that's worth doing. And by the way, we're also always um, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, we're always uh, glad to share what little we've learned in our eight years of doing this. So uh, Jesse, eight you, years. What did you learn yeah. starting up Jesse versus Cancer? As a podcast. <laughs> um, I've learned that I'm not very... I'm, I've learned that it's best to have guests or another person. Um, <laughs> it's very weird going at it solo. No, I didn't learn... Um, I don't know. I think I learned more about uh, podcasting just with uh, with what we were doing out on the patio there. And then it was like already sort of... I don't know. It was an easy transition. Yeah. Um, you know? Popping over to Libsyn, popping over to Squarespace, they uh, set it right up there for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, I know nothing about uh, like monetizing or anything like that. that's crazy. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's it's so funny. Like so much of our business, th- there's this like stigma about ever openly talking about the money side of things. So so many of us just never learn good lessons or are sort of screwed because we didn't share notes with other people on on what they were doing on that front. You know. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I would, uh, yeah, that stuff sounds great. Money um, sounds, uh, money sounds great. <laughs> hey, I got a story for us. Sure. So What's going on there, Matt? I got a bird story. I just put it in the show notes there for all of us. Uh, after the dinosaurs went extinct, some birds shrank in body size, but kept big brains. Paul Steenbeck sent this story in. Um, it starts with, oh God, CNN. Don't, oh no. Oh, CNN.com with the opening line of this article. Um, being called a bird brain may be closer to a compliment than an insult. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hmm. Hmm. Classic insult there. Yeah. Classic. Classic roast. Oh, yeah. You remember, uh, just remember when we were still able to go outside and we were always fighting each other? And it would normally start with one person calling someone else a bird brain? I remember that. Hey, I you do take, remember. You take that back. Yeah. You take that back. You just call my now, wife a bird brain? Now, All Matt, right. if if one were to study the skull belonging to hundreds of dinosaurs and extinct birds, what would you call that? What would they study? Uh, I think it would be the endocast, Matt. They would study the endocast. See, what what these oh. people did oh, is yeah. they, used, they used CT scans of the animal's ancient skulls to create endocast. And those those uh those act like an imprint of the brain in the skull and reflecting the brain size. And that's because obviously, as everyone knows, unless you're a fucking moron, brains don't fossilize. Sure. You know? Jesse, and, this is almost exactly what's written in the article as well. This is uncanny. No, 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 I, no. Well, Matt, I'm just, I'm just sort of just going off my. You know, if you want to take an endocast of me to see if I'm reading or not, you. I mean, I'm just, I'm just spitballing here, but um. You know, I'm no bird brain. Um, uh, so basically what they would do is is after this endocast, what these scientists would do, right, you guys, is then they would compare that brain size with the brain measurements of modern birds. And that's in a large data set. They've got all that. There's there's a data set somewhere that's got all the bird brain sizes, you know. Nice. Um, and to access it, you have to choose the right chalice to drink from. And there's a knight that... Um, <laughs> You always gotta go it. with the the, the the chalice of a carpenter. You gotta remember that. That's always the, the drink well. It's of a humble. Carpenter. It's a yeah. It's a yeah. humble thing. You can't you, you know yeah. You can't go with a golden goblet uh, when you're accessing the the bird brain data set. But 
the uh, they made these endocasts, right? And the brain measurements they were analyzed along with the body size to compare the scale of brain size to body size, mm-hmm. which is what you want to do. Sure. And um, together, uh, together meaning evolutionary biologists and paleontologists, they're working together. Uh, uh, classic enemies, tales old as time. <laughs> yeah. But they can't, they set aside their differences, uniting for a common purpose. <laughs> they set aside their differences that came together, and they were able to show the timeline for bird brain evolution. And um, you're probably thinking a study like this would come out on a Wednesday, but it actually was published Thursday in the Journal of uh, Current Biology. I know these studies are always coming out on Wednesdays, but... Um, yeah. yeah. Normally Wednesdays when they drop, because, you know, that's the most... It's hump well, I, Yeah, and I course, wait... Of course, the very first hump was a type of biology. Absolutely. Well, I, I wait until midnight sometimes on a on a Tuesday night. I'll wait until midnight just to get the hot new oh, uh, yeah. bird brain drop. Yeah. Um, you know, with the, the compilation lists and various things. But, oh, yeah. Um, people camp outside the uh, the journal shop often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The journal shop. <laughs> they do. They do. They set up camps, but they can't do that anymore. Um, yeah. So these they've gotten a bit lazy and, and now they're releasing it on Thursday. But, um, you know, I don't know if you've heard of this before. Um, I, so we've certainly never discussed it on this but the, uh, show, but there, there was a mass extinction that killed off these dinosaurs. Okay. And that's why you don't see them. That's why they're not around anymore. You've got my attention. Um, okay. So this was about 66 million years ago. And, um, and these researchers, after setting aside their differences and coming together, discovered that birds and large dinos had brains that were very similar in size. What? Um, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But some birds went through what the researchers call a scaling event. No. Um, well, I'd call it more of a feathering event right. <laughs> after the after these dinos went extinct. Um, but, you know, birds were some of the first animals to recover and repopulate the uh, the empty landscape after these dinos left. And um, they, they diversified. They evolved in the setting. And some of the birds that started out larger in size experienced what's called a, a scaling down. Their bodies, exactly. Their bodies shrank in size, but they kept the big brains of their larger ancestors. Um, you know, and uh, and yeah, this this all dropped on on Thursday. This hot new hot new study. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Um, hmm. It says there's no clear line between the brains of advanced dinosaurs and primitive birds. Birds like emus and pigeons have the same brain size as you'd expect for a theropod dinosaur of the same body size. And in fact, some species like moa have smaller than expected brains. Huh. Wait, moa are a species of bird? Or a species well, of dinosaur? What's a moa? Moa? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, it's up. a... Uh, it's a now-extinct flightless bird endemic to New Zealand. Looks a bit like an emu. Yeah, I guess they all have, to have three letters, don't they? Well, if we were to if if we were to gamble, you know, if we were to take bets on what the mm-hmm. largest evolutionary brain uh, leap in modern birds is, um, I would put all my money on parrots and corvids. Uh, that's a group that includes crows, ravens, and other related birds. Sure, and and their brains are quite large with compared. Uh, when compared with their body size, although crows and parrots are relatively large birds, um, crows are. <laughs> this is nuts. They're always throwing in little sayings like this in the in the Thursday studies. They have an extra day to think of them. Um, these crows are particularly turbocharged when it comes to brain capacity, which is a fun little, just a fun little note in the journal. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, you've heard stories about all the crazy shit crows will remember and recognize, right? Oh, crows are, crows are like, quite... What, what, you got any grudges. examples? They hold grudges. You got any examples of things they can recognize they or can remember? They re- recognize human faces. They can use tools and they can even speak like parrots do. In fact, crows what? and ravens seem to parallel our own, our own evolutionary history as well as some behaviors we associate with human beings. With being ravens. Human, rather. Wow. Wow. Nevermore, I say. Yeah. Um, quote, quote Jesse Case, nevermore. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know what's interesting, Andy? It's interesting you bring up humans because like our hominin uh, lineage, that, mm-hmm. that'd be our ancient, that's an ancient human ancestor. Uh-huh. These birds evolved to have both larger brains and larger bodies. And, um, you know, brain, brain size, this is just my little note in the side there. Sure. Um, brain size expanded faster than body size, leading to big, smart birds. And it's just like we ended up being big and sometimes smart primates. Oh, sometimes. That's a sometimes. That, that seems like it's directed <laughs> at someone in particular. I know. I know. Oh, man. Crows, they're off the charts. They're turbocharged. Yeah, they just outpaced all the other birds, you know? Wow. Corvid's classic. Mm-hmm. Classic. God, this article has the bird brain thing as the opening and closing lines. That's too much. It's oh. Hey, hey, what are you guys getting for your targeted ads on this? <laughs> oh, good question. Um, I, th- I have Adblock on. I'm not seeing tar- ads on this page. I'll turn it off and reload. Are you getting something good? I'm getting 27 images of a hot golf star. Um, Paige Spiranak. She is she is good looking. Um, I'm not going to click on the link, but but uh, I'm getting that. I'm getting um Mouth and nose cover that looks very Mortal Kombat. Hmm. Um, let me see here. Uh, oh, this couple's confused about why their pics going viral. <laughs> That's great. Um, That's great. I, I, I think I've got a little story that I think we should share for say for a little bonus Patreon bonus because we haven't given our Patreon patrons a bonus story oh, yeah. for a while. But um, should we finish off with a nice little uh? Heat blocking story. It's getting into the summer now. It's already pretty warm in LA where we are. Uh, but infrared yeah. reflecting yeah. paint can cool buildings even when it's black. You would it's a think nice black material science cool story. Yeah. You think you you think they would absorb heat, Matt? What's the what's the uh, what's the science behind this? Madness. A two layered paint that reflects infrared light while maintaining its color could help buildings and vehicles stay cool under hot sun which could help reduce energy using cooling, such as by air conditioners, hmm. developed by Yuan Yang at Columbia University and colleagues. It consists- well, how does it, w- how does it work, Well, it consists buddy. of a top layer of commercial paint, which provides the color, but this bottom layer made of a polymer similar to Teflon, which reflects infrared light. But how, do, how does sunlight work? Well, Matt? sunlight has both visible and infrared <laughs> light. It's a spectrum. And the okay. infrared accounts for the majority of the solar energy. I didn't know that. No, Yang, Yang just told us that in the article. Okay. So when the sun shines on an object coated with this paint, the top layer absorbs certain wavelengths of light, depending on the paint's color, while the bottom layer reflects infrared light, preventing the object from heating up. Is there any similar... Can this be... Is there a similar t- sort of situation? Well, you could do it using white paint or metal mirrors, but Yang says the advantage of this new paint is it can be any color desired. So I, should, I don't know about black paint, though, Matt. I don't no, know. So usually black paint absorbs heat. Painting an object... <laughs> with a black version of this new coating, kept it about 16 degrees Celsius cooler than when an object painted with commercial black paint was exposed to the same amount of sunlight. That's a lot. That's a big... It's that's a fair like, amount. It's like, yeah. what is that, yeah. 25 Fahrenheit degree, degrees Fahrenheit cooler? Yeah, roughly? it's too bad they only did one test, though. No, actually, I, they did another test. Uh, oh. 
when the the new paint coating was found to be able to maintain its color despite being placed in an oven at 60 degrees Celsius for 30 days. Mm. No, no benefits, though. There's no benefits. Jesse, that's why you're wrong, because that paint could help save electricity and reduce carbon dioxide emissions. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So... <laughs> So solar reflective and thermally emissive so- surfaces offer a sustainable way to cool objects under sunlight, says Min Kang Wang at uh, University College London, who was not involved in the work. And apparently this could be useful in tropical locations to help keep buildings cool and reduce electricity, electricity consumption from air conditioning, as well as to prevent cars, buses and trains from getting too hot. An intriguing next step would be to try to add more functionality to the coating, for instance, to enable the energy from reflected infrared light to be harvested to generate electricity, says Wang. It's very interesting. So, so essentially, like the top layer allows things through, but it doesn't really matter as long as the bottom layer reflects. That's exactly like the infrared. By the way, I was wrong. About sixteen degrees difference in Celsius is almost thirty. It's twenty-nine degrees in Fahrenheit. Twenty-nine. Okay. That's a I'm glad you- substantial reduction. Yeah, that's huge. The difference between one hundred and seventy degrees is a pretty big one. So, yeah, yeah, that's a big, yeah. Uh, wow. So it says you could, this might be able to be used to prevent cars from getting too hot. That's great because it's, it's my dream we can get to a world where we can just leave our babies in our cars for days at a time. Oh, that would what be a joy, right? Dogs. Mm-hmm. You, you know, yeah, if we could have like a a little feeding dispenser in there, you could just keep them in the car. Yeah, it, it doesn't a, matter. It's like a yeah. baby. It's a what do they call those? Uh, you could have a type of cars is like behold the kennel that moves. Yeah. Yeah, no, that sounds uh, that sounds fantastic. I, I need this for my house. I just found out yesterday my air conditioning doesn't work, so I am returning to Los Angeles for this heat wave that's coming up here. Oh no! What's wrong with it? Do you know? I don't. I hadn't turned it on until yesterday, um, but uh, it just blew room temperature air. So we have it's going to be ninety six for a week straight here. So oh, have you back to LA for a little bit? If- if it's blowing room temperature air, have you uh, have you checked to see if the pipes are frozen? Is that a real thing that can happen with the first time? You're yeah, yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Even uh, especially if it's really hot out, because the Freon. This isn't like a joke. This is, yeah. happens to me all the. This happens to me all the time. The AC will quit working, and then it's because the it it's working so hard that it freezes the pipes. The Freon pe- freezes the pipes. Oh, um, so leaving so it off if, for a while might. Remedy well, you or? you turn it off, but then turn the fan setting on. So okay. then it blow it blows the outside regular neutral air, and it helps it melt really quick. Because um, mm. my my pipes freeze constant. My AC pipes freeze constantly during the summer. I've never heard of that. I will try that as soon as we get off. Yeah, go look at the um, if you look at the unit outside. Like there'll be a tube, and if it's covered in like white sort of frost, that's for sure what happened. Um, yeah, it took me like a year to figure that out. I was just like my, I'm like, it's broken. My house is broken, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, uh, yeah. Is it a central air conditioning unit, Andy? Yeah. Central air. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That might be, that might be the deal, man. It'd be the outside unit. But I'm also getting weirdly handy. Jesse is like, you just, Hmm, yeah, it can be a bit handy if I, if I need to be, you've got. Str- like strange skills like typewriter repair i remember but my watch broke and you put it back together again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh god typewriter repair dude you guys um this pandemic wiping out the typewriter repair enthusiast board on yahoo um <laughs> my, my as you guys know i'm in a yahoo messaging group for typewriter repair enthusiasts and sure. 
I'm the only one that's like under 70, and there's a new obituary like every day. Oh, oh no. Yeah, the typewriter comp- repair community has taken a major hit from this. And, uh, ugh, I know. thought you meant, I wouldn't have laughed. I thought you meant wiping out as in like it's just like inundated with new messages of people working on their projects now. You mean they're being. Yeah, I, I, or, or well, like it's they all- were out of typewriters, not that they were out of people. Uh, no, well, they, as we all know, they're, they've converted a lot of the old typewriters into ventilators. But, right. um, <laughs> Yeah, it's like in the wall. It gets like melted down. We just need the parts. Everyone melt down everything you have. Absolutely. No, um, the Yahoo typewriter repair enthusiast messaging board, of which I've been a member for about a decade, Mm -hmm. has always just been like, uh, someone dies like maybe every week, you know? Um, But that's when I knew this pandemic was taken off when I was like, oh, it's getting up to, it's getting on up there to like every three days, every four days, you know? Oh, man. And um, yeah. The typewriter repair community taking a major... It's just decimated. Decimated from this COVID-19, I tell you. Yeah. So any, Sorry, any, I need to be a more bummer, like, uh, bummer there. More like Smith coronavirus, am I right, you guys? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty... That's, no, that's... Uh, don't be sorry at all. That's a, that's a great pun. Okay. If, if someone was like, make a typewriter pandemic pun, that's the only available... <laughs> the only one you got in front of you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the perfect one. Wow. Mm-hmm. Terrific. Well, uh, guys, this has been great. It's been a lot yeah. of fun. It's been a joy. Uh, we're going to do like one little extra bit Mona story uh, but sure. um, for our Patreon patrons. But um, Jesse, what have you got to plug? Where can people find you? Like our, our listeners haven't heard from you in a while. Well, they can go to jessevscancer.com. I'm, st- I'm still doing uh, episodes about um, uh, doing episodes about COVID, doing episodes about this, getting into the I mean, it's very it's it's actually sort of popping on the old probably science hat because uh, I'm always covering sort of where we're at with the research and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just talking about uh, stupid stuff like moving and dealing with my dumb cat and um, whatever I feel like talking about. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's silly. But if you if you want someone to listen to for an hour a week, you're not doing anything. Just do it. Just go. You're not doing anything. Do it. We will it's of a joy. Course link to um, that in the show notes. Just get over there. Yeah. And also just less stressful than the show used to be in that you are currently not versus cancer. Yes, I am currently not versus cancer, but I still have to go get like CT scans to make sure I'm not versus cancer. And man, that like going to the hospital now, it's a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Oh, the last <laughs> last time I had to go down there, it's like terrifying. Um, it's so weird, man. And it's and it's also like similar to all of our cities right now the hospital itself is a ghost town because all the elective stuff's shut down right so i was expecting to go in and it would be like one of those shows on tv where there's bodies everywhere or whatever but um it's just empty like like when i went down to the cancer clinic some of the lights weren't even on it was so weird right because only emergencies are being treated right now no one's getting well people are getting no one's getting well people are getting chemo and stuff right uh, and stem cell and all that but no one's going in for just you know uh yeah like hip replacements or anything like that yeah and all the meetings with oncology are teleconference now um so the main lab is kind of closed down so it was it was like eerie man it was really weird it was like walking through a closed hospital knowing that one building over it's just like mayhem in the icu you know very weird what scans is it what scans do you have you have i thought it was a pet scan or do they do that and cat scans uh it's cat scans ct yeah um 
so that I do that. And then with contrast dye and it's a, um, it's, it's like a weird, you know, it's like a torso thing and then it, it shows all the different slices. And I finally got to look at them. My oncologist finally, you know, she's like, Hey, your scans look good. This is during a teleconference thing. She's like, let's go through the slices and she sort of set it up on zoom. And I didn't realize that this whole time it had also been scanning uh, my penis. <laughs> and like, I, it's like, it's like, I don't know how many slices it's supposed to be, but it's not enough slices. <laughs> like my, my, Wait, what, what, what axis is this a slice on? Like if you can, uh, is it like slicing through your, um, if you're standing your, your up, belt? it's the X. If you're standing up, it's the X axis. Yeah. So like, I, you know, I'm, I, it's, I was just like, that's, uh, it, so I mean, it's some, brutal. You could, you could see like some dick and two balls in cross section, like three circles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It looks like a fidget spinner. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, but like, you know, you can sort of scroll through, right. You can scroll, <laughs> scroll through the slices with your mouse. Growing and I, from, and I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, this will probably, and she, you know, my oncologist Dana is just do it. She's just like scrolling through, showing me stuff. And I, and I just noticed how quickly the, it went away. Like, how, and I was just like, she's like, okay, so we're going to start at the top and then go all the way down. And then we go down and it was like, you know, it was like three, three images is my flaccid. It was like three slices. Those and I was scanners like, are cold. Everyone does that. I mean, I felt so roasted by the scan. I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> it was brutal. It was brutal. Um, is she snickering and like trying to keep her composure? No. I mean, I know, she I yeah. she's like seen my gaping butthole before. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, still, you know, it was, uh, I just wished I, I, I've never like we've I mean, we've all measured our parts before, but I'd, I'd never guessed each my CTs. Each, other, each other's my, you mean. Right. Yeah. yeah, we've all done that before. Yeah. Well, we do that before every show. Yeah, yeah. But but I uh, I just I just assumed I'd be more slices. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Doctor, how can I get more slices? <laughs> I was like, I feel like a kid after a soccer game here. I need more slices. <laughs> I need. <laughs> What's happening over here? Give me some more slices, please. Oh, God. Yeah, it's horrible. It's uh, horrible. You can find us, as always, probablyscience.com. Uh, probablyscience at gmail.com is the email address for any questions, comments, clarifications, stories you'd like us to cover. At Probably Science on Twitter, individually at Andy T. Wood, at Jesse Case, and at Matt Kirshen. You are... Uh, I th oh, Facebook slash Probably Science. That's the other one. Uh, write nice things about us on iTunes and your podcast listener of choice. Spread the word. Do all that nice stuff. You can also find the Patreon and PayPal links. So thank you very much to all of our donors and supporters on those. You can find those at ProbablyScience.com. Jesse, thank you for joining us back again. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, of course. Of course. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Listeners, see you next time. Bye. Bye.